There was a tragic shooting that took place over the weekend in Houston, Texas. It happened at the Lakewood Church. It was just moments when the Spanish-speaking service was expected to begin. Ultimately, there was a shooter. We are still not sure what their biological gender is, and that's we're going to explain in a little bit, but that looks like to be intentional. This all took place inside of the church that is owned by Joel Osteen, as many of you guys know. Ultimately, the individual who is the suspect, who is now deceased, is believed to be Janice Moreno. Now, this individual also went by the name Jeffrey as well. They have an extensive criminal record, as you can see here on your screen. The criminal charges go back all the way to 2005. And like I said, I have to be very careful with how I gender this person. I'm not trying to do it to give in to the transgender nonsense or to be politically safe. Ultimately, I don't know if this is a biological woman or a man. And I've reached out for clarification from several law enforcement agencies, and they're intentionally not being clear on this. The FBI won't tell me wh whether this person is a female or a man. Uh, local law enforcement will not give details on it as well. Member many members of the media are also confused. The post-millennial reported reports indicate that the shooter was a female, but Moreno may have been male. So again, in order to not get sued for defamation, we have to be as clear as possible on this. Now back to its criminal record. The record goes back, like I said, to 2005. Ultimately, those charges that were once charged to Moreno include unlawful carrying of a weapon, theft, assault, forgery, drug offenses. The list goes on and on. And ultimately, I'm not trying to play it safe with our verbiage. Like I said, law enforcement is intentionally trying not to tell you whether this is a biological man or a woman because they don't want you to use the word transgender. And that's what they're afraid of. So ultimately, we do not know if this was a biological woman because ultimately, yeah, this could have been a biological woman who was hopped up on testosterone and pretending to be a man. We don't know. But ultimately, again, when I asked the FBI today, this is the response I got from the Bureau from uh, the FBI field office in Houston. Ultimately, they're telling me that they continue to assist Houston Police Department with Lakewood Church shooting investigation. I can confirm that overnight the FBI and local police partners conducted a court-authorized law enforcement operation at the location. And then they go on to tell me that there's a press conference later today where these questions can be asked. But ultimately, I am not based in Houston, so I cannot ask these questions, sadly. And when I'm writing them an email, they should be able to confirm it or not. So there's really no reason for any of this. I want to drive that point home. They are intentionally misleading me as journalists, and uh, I don't want to pass on wrongful information to you, the audience, so later tomorrow, we will give you an update and I will let you know everything that we've learned. But I want to bring in two former FBI agents. They are now FBI whistleblowers and they know all about these issues. They're quite familiar with it. Let's bring in Steve Friend. He's an FBI whistleblower. He's also a member of the Center for Renewing America. And he's also the podcast host of the American Radicals podcast. We're also going to bring in FBI whistleblower George Hill to discuss Guys, thank you for jumping on with us. We greatly appreciate it. I want to remind our audience, Steve, you are the host of the American Radicals podcast, which is available right now on Rumble. I'm trying to piece all this together. I'm reaching out to the FBI because I want to be as clear as possible with all of this. I don't want to misstate anything here. Ultimately, the FBI, I asked them specifically, is this a biological man? They didn't want to respond to that. It also states in his criminal or her criminal background that she is from El Salvador, but then they also identify her as non-Hispanic and white which is also quite confusing. So I asked them about that. They didn't want to address that either. Um, what do you guys make of all of this? Because it's, it's, is it intentionally confusing or is it just meant to, 
I mean, like, I'll give you an example. When I'm looking at this right now, and I see the fact that this is somebody who is from El Salvador, but they're identifying this person as white, it looks like they're trying to manipulate crime statistics to me, ultimately saying that, you know, this person is a white person who committed these crimes, but we know just based off where their native country is, El Salvador, that this isn't a white person. So what's going on here, Steve? What are we actually, what are we seeing here? I think you're all over the target here. The manipulation that goes on is not new. It's it's not original to this case. The FBI is is in seek of the numbers. They are always trying to juke the stats here, and they're uncomfortable with the actual nature of this shooter. They don't want to go all in on saying that it's someone who has a mental disease and thinks that they are a member of the opposite gender. That's why that they've continually pressured the Nashville Police Department to hide the manifesto from the Covenant shooting that occurred there. They're going to give these vague details. They're going to continue to hide behind. We can't comment on an ongoing investigation as long as the narrative that will be generated from it is inconvenient for the message that they want to have going out there. And you reflected also on the fact that this individual has a long and extensive criminal history. So what we do know, and we can definitively say, is that there's two decades of antisocial behavior. And if this is indeed a woman who is becoming a man or thinks that she can, she's most likely injecting hormones, injecting testosterone, and doesn't have the guardrails of a 14 or 15-year-old boy who's undergoing those natural changes, has a lot of anger and outrage, and obviously directed it at members of a Christian organization who she deemed to be unworthy of life. Yeah. And it's disturbing because ultimately when this report first came out, they were already, local officials in the county were already saying that this should be investigated as a hate crime. And the reason why they were saying that is because where she or he opened fire, that's right when the Spanish speaking services were about to begin. And so they believe that it was potentially a hate crime. But again, this is somebody who is not from this country, who is from South America, it looks like. George, would you say that there's any type of slight indicators that this is a hate crime against Hispanic Americans or Hispanics who were at that church that day? Or is it just a potential hate crime that should be investigated for just people attending church? The latter. We should be looking at the facts of the case and then conducting investigations from there. The reason why it's so hard to get a straight answer on all this is, uh, oddly enough, I'm not quite as dark as Steve on my analysis on this. I would assess that it's a simple matter of identity politics. It's really hard to thread the needle, if we can still use that term post-Super Bowl, of, you know, not misgendering someone or mislabeling someone. So my guess, and that's all it would be, is that, and it's not taking place between Joe Biden and the FBI and DOJ and the Texas officials, but somebody at the White House is coordinating this because they have to have the messaging right, because they want to continue the narrative that, that guns are bad. Uh, there are multiple bits of legislation working its way through multiple state houses, as well as the federal government, trying to ban assault ref rifles and large capacity magazines, while at the same time, they have to stay on top of this narrative that, you know, that you can pick your own gender and you get to decide, you know, what you want to be called or identified as. And so it's a real conundrum. It's, um, it's a, it's a real they've twisted themselves up in the knots trying to craft this narrative. You know, it was a little bit more straightforward with a Nashville shooter. Uh, they've been yeah. able to suppress the, the manifesto there. and People call what Crowder releases the manifesto. It's not the manifesto would be electronic. Uh, so we're not going to ever get any kind of fidelity on this uh, she to he shooter. And um, unfortunately, uh, this is just going to 
get twisted up into some point where it's unrecognizable and people sadly just move on to the next thing. Well, that's the problem, right? So as a member of the media, I have to be careful with how I identify this person and how I push the messaging of what actually happened here that day. Because if I'm inaccurate, I could be sued for defamation. And so I also have to wonder if that's probably how they're going to want us to go about it. They're intentionally being confusing with all of this because they want us to give out some wrongful messaging and then potentially be sued by the family for defamation, because that could possibly take place. Um, and I mean, when I'm on the phone with these people and I'm asking them specific questions, I mean, you should be able to tell me what the person's birth gender is. That shouldn't be so complex. And for some reason it is. And I find it all quite interesting. Uh, and then when you go back to the local officials over there who are saying that this should be investigated as a hate crime, do you think that's why the FBI is involved or will the FBI just naturally get involved in, in a shooting like this? Because it seems interesting that the FBI pops up when, when we start asking these kind of questions. The FBI, the FBI is a, always, always seeking the headline. This is something that caught the headlines and they're going to try to get involved into it. But a hate crime is a federal crime. I think that they're going to play coy with you on the identifying information because they want to find the right hate crime to put it in. That's going to fit their narrative that they like best. The first they had, well, this could have been a hate crime of a, of a white person against Hispanics. Well, oh, wait, she's from El Salvador. That doesn't work too well. Uh, yeah. Well, this will be a hate crime of... Uh, a, a man against a woman, whoever they want, they, they keep coming up against it and they keep having a problem. So they're just going to keep playing coy with that information. I think not necessarily to entrap you in any sort of uh, litigation or make you liable for that, but to just make sure that you're not talking about it because of fear of that. It has a chilling effect. It has a sensorious effect. Yeah. Yeah. George, I have a question for you. Now, normally, and, and Steve, you could jump in too if you'd like to add to this, but normally you guys as FBI agents would be developing profiles about individuals like this. How will using inaccurate information regarding gender, race, and you know where they're from, country of origin, how does that kind of put our country at risk of potentially having a, a terrorist attack or domestic, domestic terrorist attack in the future that we just can't prevent because we're not getting all the facts, we're not gathering all the information here, so we can't properly profile people, does this put Americans in danger when we do the things like this? The whole basis behind the TRP, the threat review prioritization construct that the FBI uses, depends entirely on creating profiles of, of individuals and groups. And this is how we get into the situations that we're seeing now with the MAGA and the extreme Republicans and traditional Catholics and those sorts of things. But these are documented processes whereby the FBI intelligence cadre, with the support of right up to the director, create these what they call like threat profiles. I'm, I'm kind of using layman's terms here, but um, so it it's putting horse blinkers on where you only see what it is that you've crafted out. Um, and you wind up mislabeling people to the point where you're going to miss stuff that you otherwise, if you were just in pursuit of the facts that you would be able to identify. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's quite interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll give an update to our audience tomorrow after we go through all of this, because I want to be as accurate as possible, but it doesn't help when the authorities don't want to give you the right information that you need. And it's basic information. This shooting happened over 24 hours ago. So there's no reason why it shouldn't be, you know, at our fingertips currently. We shouldn't have all this information available. 
so we will see it. I'll keep asking the questions. And in regards to the uh, manifesto from Nashville, George, I've been asking for that for quite some time. I've submitted multiple FOIA requests and even for the body cam footage and the FBI. Well, it's still an ongoing investigation, so I can't seem to get a copy of any of that. So it's unfortunate, but it's expected. Uh, I want to swing over to another story, George. Actually, it's the reason why I asked you to come on the show today, because this is something that's very close for you given the fact that you became an FBI whistleblower after blowing the whistle on Bank of America for handing over uh, Americans' information to the federal government regarding their purchases around January 6th. And ultimately now, Tim Scott is confirming what we kind of already heard reports about, that the Treasury is now confirming the fact that things like MAGA, Trump, Kamala Harris, Biden, those those little key phrases were actually used to uh to to like conduct searches and so we're flagging americans who were using those words or anything that was used that day for those purchases and ultimately they were flagging it and handing it over to the feds and so what are we making of all of this george because it seems like you know you blew the whistle on a bank of america but it seems like they didn't really fear you after you you ratted them out for what they were doing with bank of america and handing over the private information and now they're they're kind of expanding it even further i would say don't you think Correct. And maybe it's not expanding um, mm-hmm. subsequent to the Bank of America matter. What really frightens the hell out of me is that this has been ongoing for quite some time. I went in front of Congress to to give interview and, and, and from, you know testimony regarding Bank of America and what they were doing. What I didn't know at the time and what hopefully Senator Scott is looking to find out is whether this was going on concurrently while Bank of America was doing this same sort of unethical behavior. Now, with FinCEN ingesting all this this data from financial institutions, it costs money. It's going somewhere. It's going onto a government server somewhere. It's being aggregated somewhere. It's being data mined by someone. It's being data mined to do what? To me, this is one of the most egregious violations of America's Americans' constitutional rights to privacy that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I'm a lot older than both you uh, folks. Um, this is, I, I, after six years of college, I can't come up with a strong enough word to describe how bad this is. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, you often come on here and you talk about how they're trying to, you know, manipulate uh, domestic terrorist statistics and create lists and put Americans on it. We talk about it often, you and I. What do you think they're doing with all this information? I think they sort of gave it away with the Senator Scott's revelations here. The, yeah. They tried to justify what was going on by saying that it's been going on since the Trump administration. And I think that they believe that that will message out to everyone. We'll, we'll see that this was going on when there was a Republican in office and you can't assign blame to the Biden administration. This isn't politically oriented. Uh, but all really that they do is is give away the game of the fact that this is an administrative state. This is a police state that we're in that has transcended regardless of who the occupant is in the, in the Oval Office at this point. The FBI is a hammer in search of a nail. Its intelligence apparatus has grown to lengths that are completely out of control. Uh, we yeah. We, we always talk about they, they don't need a crime now. They just need a person to look at and they will look at them long enough and from as many angles as possible and cultivate as much information and data mine as necessary to find someone, something to charge them with a crime for. Yeah. Yeah. It's really scary, but you know, it's hopefully going to end soon. I'm hoping for it. I mean, I'm hoping Tim Scott's going to get to the end, to the bottom of this, but they never do. So let me, let me stop lying to our audience. <laughs> they never, ever do. They always pretend like they're going to get to the bottom of it. And then for some reason it just kind of fizzles out. So 
We'll see. We'll Nobody keep following it. Power. What Nobody was that, George? Nobody gives back power. No yeah. one gives back power. They have tremendous power now, the administrative yeah. state. It's it's really scary. It really is scary. So we'll see what comes of it. George and Steve, thank you for jumping on with us today. Last minute to you. I greatly appreciate it. You guys, I've said it once before, so I'm going to say it again. And under the Biden regime, I've never been more worried about my financial future. I called my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott, because I wanted to come up with a plan put in place to make sure I was secure. And he came up with a plan for me to invest in silver. I'm rich. I've got my silver. I'm feeling so much better about my future. I highly recommend you give him a call and just chat with his team. 720-605-3900. And you could also head over to his website if you'd like to schedule an appointment. It's kirkelliottphd.com slash Brianna. I want to let our audience in on a little secret. I'm saving hundreds of dollars each year after switching over both of my lines to Patriot Mobile. Yes, so now my business and personal line are with Patriot Mobile. Now Patriot Mobile uses the same towers that you're probably already using now, except it's less expensive. So my 5G towers that I love to use my old provider, I'm still using them now. I'm just paying significantly less money to do so. And on top of it all, Patriot Mobile believes in the same things you and I believe in. They have the same morals. So they donate to causes that are like pro-life causes, veteran causes, and even the NRA. It's incredible. So I highly recommend you head over to PatriotMobile.com right now. Take a look at their plans and sign up. And today, if you sign up and use promo code Brianna, they're going to waive the activation fee. Yes, you heard it right. They're going to waive the activation fee. Just make sure you use promo code Brianna, B-R-E-A-N-N-A. And if you enjoyed that segment, make sure you hit that like button. And if you want to see the news before it becomes the news, you have to subscribe to our channel. And well, if you have a liberal friend that you're looking to save, make sure you share this content with them.